Hello everybody, welcome back to the SA Dropkicks Wrestling Podcast. If you are in fact listening for the very first time, then welcome. My name is KG Animo and in this AEW Roundup episode, myself and my co-host Eugene will be reviewing all that took place across the three AEW events this past week. These being the Dynamite and Rampage TBS debut episodes on Wednesday and Friday nights respectively, as well as the inaugural Battle of the Belts special event that took place on Saturday. Well, we saw quite a few matches, we saw two titles change hands, we saw a number of injuries and some very intriguing story developments. And without further ado, let's not waste any time, let's get right into it. So, this past week we had three AEW shows uh, to, to go through. We had Wednesday night with Dynamite, uh, Friday night we had Rampage, and then on Saturday we had the first ever Battle of the Belts. A, a massive week for, for not just AEW, but for wrestling in general. Um, a, lot of, a lot of events to cover. Uh, a lot of matches to cover, some some major moments and some some title changes as well. So we're going to start with AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, and the first match, the, the match that kicked off the show um, for the World Championship, the rematch. We have Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. They these two put on another great match. Um, what did you think of this match? Chaos, like intense, like intense, was a war, was war. Yeah, it was, it it really was. Like, um, and like for me, the toughest part about having two guys wrestling for the second time is we always have to compare which, we always have to see which match was better. I, I maybe in like, I, I don't really know if I'm in the minority or majority, but I like the first one better. No, you, I, you probably won't be the only one who likes the first one too. I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards uh, the second one. I, I get it. I get it. For me, uh, one of the things that I, I, I was looking at was like, we had judges that we had judges right at, at ringside. We had uh, uh, Paul White, we had Mark Henry, and then we had Jerry Lynn and. Um, just a side note, there's this picture online, like of the three of them sitting there and Jerry Lynn is in the middle and it's like, he's being squashed. Yeah, because he's tiny. Cause he's got like, you got Paul White. Yeah. You got Paul White sitting to your left, no, sitting to your right and Mark Henry sitting to your left. And he looks so tiny, dude. <laughs> that was just, that, that was just an interesting moment I saw, uh, during this match. The match was great. We saw basically a lot of the stuff that we saw in the first match between the two. Um, we saw Brian Danielson. I felt, I felt, I felt like they did more than in the first one. Like you know how, in, like you said uh, in the first one, how they were like twenty minutes past and they were still like feeling each other out. They, the feeling out process here was not as long as that one. Yeah, the match. The thing is, the match could not have, like, they weren't going to go 60 minutes again. 
right? So it was sort of, yeah, we, we get this. It's sort of, you know what they did? This is what I saw. They just had the last 20 minutes of the first match. They had the first five minutes and then the last 15 minutes. That's what this match was. It was the first five minutes plus the last 15 minutes where it's like that whole, there's a whole middle section that they completely left out, which was there in the first match, right? This match, um, yeah, I like the first one better simply because it was a surprise. Like when they announced Hangman defending against Brian Danielson, I did not know what to expect. And then they had the 60 minute draw. And then I was like, wow, this is an amazing match. And so that shock factor of, of watching it, not knowing what to expect, and then seeing these guys wrestle 60 minutes and seeing the match itself was like, whoa, this match was really good. Um, this, so, and also, like, the thing with uh, pro wrestling is shock value, like, shock counts for a lot of value. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, shock counts for a lot. But I, I think, like, for this match, I feel like there might have been a little bit of shock. Just a bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, the blood, the the false finishes were great. The, the hangman bleeding was great. Um, yeah. Okay. It, like it was not a bad match. This is a really, this is a really, really good match. Um, I'm struggling to pick an early match of the year contender because we had, like, we had this match and then we had the Osprey Okada match from Wrestle Kingdom. But I think they're both looking good. The both the like the, I wouldn't say like they're both good decent matches, but they're not they're not great match. Like the Osprey Okada match was an okay match. This match was also an okay match, but they're like two of the best match. They're the two best matches of the year so far. I know it's very early to start calling like match of the year and stuff like that, but these two are very good you matches. You can just too. put it on the board. Like you just make a list. Yeah. Take down a list. These two matches would be there. Definitely. Um, and so. Anyway, I also like to mention one, more, one thing. Um, don't, I don't know if you noticed, but when people bleed in AW, they bleed a lot. Then when you check in WWE, it's only just a bit. Yeah, because WWE is PG, whereas I think AW is more TV fourteen. Um, yeah, AEW is not scared of, of of making of you know dirtying things up, whereas WWE has a repu like I feel like WWE has a a reputation to hold as like an industry standard as well as sort of there's a there are a lot more kids watching wwe than AEW. like let's be honest AEW's audience is largely 18 to 34 largely whereas wwe will have a lot more kids and so they have to cater to, to sort of that audience wwe tries to cater to everyone from from 5 to 95 or from, from 5 to 65 whereas AEW recognizes that a lot of wrestling fans are between the ages of 18 and 34 so we'll give them what adults want um 
So I think that's 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 the key difference in in like how much depending on how much blood you get to see, if any. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the match, this match, we did see blood. We did see Hangman and Danielson risk everything. They wrestled a little bit faster. I've never seen, I've never seen so many headbutts in my life, bro. The headbutts. Oh, I've never seen someone. Uh, come off the ropes into a headbutt. Like, that was new. I've never seen someone go to the, <laughs> off the ropes just to give a flying headbutt. There was a point where they were just exchanging headbutts. Yeah. And I think the headbutts came into it because Hangman's bleeding because he's got a cut. Like, if you're bleeding, you've got a, you've obviously got a cut. Your, your skin's been exposed. So the headbutt made logical sense for Brian Danielson. Targeted it as soon as he came, he came right out and started just hitting him, hitting him on the spot where he's bleeding. Exactly. This is what makes Danielson uh, a very great storyteller. He's he's sort of like I know every anybody can just pick a body part, right? Anybody can just attack a body part, but Danielson, like his stories, are so. Like even back, even in, when he wrestled as Daniel Bryan in the WWE, he his the way he told stories, right? In WWE, obviously, he couldn't wrestle sort of the style that he wanted to. But here, like he has not had a bad match in AEW. He has not had a bad match. The man hasn't had a bad match in 2021. And I don't think he's going to have a bad match this year either. So kudos to him on... Like, yeah, kudos to him. Um, he's he's just he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he's showing us why. Um, let's move on to the next match on, on this show. We had, uh, oh, well, not really the, the next match on the show, but maybe the, the next match, according to me. Uh, we have not uh, the Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Brothers for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Yeah. According to me, because I wrote this stuff down. Um, a tag team championship match. Um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those matches that gets remembered for one moment, isn't it? The what moment? The injury. Yeah, it was unfortunate. I mean... I saw it happen. My body went numb. Oh, did, you, did you see it happen? I, I, saw, I saw it happen. Um... So here's the thing, right? I I saw it happen, but when it happened, I didn't know what, what like I didn't see the injury. I just saw Ray Phoenix go through the table. I did not see what happened to his arm. I just saw Phoenix go through the table. And I thought, oh, okay, Phoenix went through the table. Match goes on, right? Because normally in an injury like that, what you do is you stop the match, right? Because if, if an injury that bad happened and everyone could see it, I would be like, okay, the, the match would be stopped. But the fact that they went on, it just meant, like, for me, what I saw in the moment, oh, Ray Phoenix went through the table. Maybe I was distracted. Maybe I was looking somewhere else. I, I did not realize that, oh, this man had suffered a bad injury. Um, and then I saw when the, when the Jurassic Express one when when jungle boy uh jungle boy rolled penta up 
and got the three count, I was like, wait a minute, why would they take the championships off of them like that? Like, surely the, the Lucha Bros should have had a longer championship run, you know what I mean? And then, like, it hit me. Oh, wait, Ray Phoenix is hurt. And I, saw, like, I just saw his arms sideways. That was like, that's not good. I saw that, like, so immediately off, maybe like two or th- not immediately, two or three hours after, after watching it on, on Daily Motion, I was like, okay, uh, let's go check out YouTube. Because YouTube has the highlights to every show, right? So I go and I watch this. Yeah. I watch these highlights, maybe like the last five or six minutes. And then I see the censored version. Because on YouTube, they censored it pretty they, like pretty much. Like you can't see exactly what happened to Ray Phoenix's arm. They censored it, which is good. But curiosity just got the better of me. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, I got to go find out how on earth this injury happened. Where did this injury happen? And I... I just I just googled Ray Phoenix injury and it took me to this Twitter post and I saw the injury and I like I have not cringed harder in my life. Like oh. that was you know what the crazy thing is. Oh my goodness. That the crazy thing is that he didn't break any bones. I I saw on Twitter Someone said that, uh, I think it was Dave Meltzer who said that, no, in, uh, the, the, the injury was a, apparently a dislocation, not a fracture. And all I'm thinking in that moment is, thank goodness, right? If it's a dislocation, yeah. if, if it's a dislocation, I'm not a medical expert, but like, if it's a dislocation, does it, necess- does it need surgery? I think it might need surgery, but it isn't as bad as a fracture. Like, I think they're just going to go for some checks, you know, to make sure that everything is still good, but it's going to be all for a while. Yeah, I mean... Like, he did, he did give us, he did post on Instagram, like, I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the post, basically just thanking everyone for the support. Um, and yeah, man, shout out to Ray Phoenix. We wish him the very best in his recovery. Uh, he's one of the most talented high flies, if not the premier high fly in the world. So great at what he does in the ring. Wrestles a style that nobody else can keep up with, if I'm honest. Um, so sometimes, sometimes you think it's not human. Yeah. An absolutely incredible wrestler. Um, get well soon. We wish uh, we wish Ray Phoenix a speedy, speedy recovery. And we know he's going to be back in that ring doing what he does best. Um, yeah, man. Um, did you know that this is the third time that Jungle Express and the Lucha Bros face each other. Really? Oh, okay. I must have missed. I must have missed some of the other matches. Um, I will say this though. The first one I said, yeah. You you were saying the first one was. The first one was like at the beginning in twenty twenty. I can't remember when, but I know it was then. And then the second one. Was just before the steel cage match and then tag team eliminator. Oh yes, that was the match that the the, the Lucha Bros won to, to become number one contenders. I, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. and now this was the, the rubber match. Yeah. Um I will say this though. The fact that I in that moment could not notice why the the match had ended that way. I couldn't notice why the cha- the, the titles changed hands. Like those those four men Oh, those three men who who finished the match, they were like they they knew what was going on and they were aware and they 
they made sure to get out of there as quickly as possible and they made sure that the the, the lucha bros would drop the belts to jurassic express like that was really smart of them Wait, um, so if it wasn't for the injury would the, would the match have gone on longer you think I think not only would the match have gone on longer, but but we would have seen a, a title retention. I don't think those belts would have changed hands if it wasn't for the injury. That's very interesting. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, I because like Penta can't can't hold the tag titles alone, can he? Nah. They're called tag team championships for a reason. Um, and so that was really smart by AEW. Have them drop the belts. Um, Wait, I just want to notice. You see the difference again, like between WWE and AEW. Uh, Rijon broke his nose. The match still continued. Then we now with AEW, they stopped the match somehow. They like that found the finish. Yeah. Um, but I think like and I and it's crazy because. It's crazy because can you really compare a broken nose to a broken oh to a yeah can you? I was just about to say no, you can't. It's two different injuries. But the nose, like, but the nose you're struggling to breathe. There was the arm, like, you just dislocated your arm. Yeah, your arm it's arm. arm dislocation. Your nose, like, having a a a less than one hundred percent nose can like just cause a lot of other health detriments like you like struggling to breathe struggling to do certain bodily functions so i mean that match that that match uh at day one should have been stopped right like there were they like that match should have been or at least rich holland should have gotten some he he did get some medical it, i think because it wasn't a title match that it continued yeah that's the only reason why and you know what? But let's not knock out Jungle Express. Yeah, let's let's not knock let's not let's not uh say anything about AEW and, and the way they handled the situation. I think they did a pretty good job. Um Yeah, it was I mean a great match, I'm not gonna lie. It was a, it was a really for, for, for the, like one of the good one of the like the, one of the greatest like early up on the board is one of the greatest acting matches of the SFR. Yeah, pretty good tag team match. Um, I I want to just be be sure. Did the women's street fight match happen this year or last year? The one featuring uh, the one with the bunny and you know Penelope Ford. Oh, that, that was that last was, year, right? Yeah, that was no last year, last year, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was last year. Because I would have called. I would have said. Yeah. I would have given that like maybe as a front runner. I would have. Put that as a front runner for match of 2022, but it was last year. Yeah, if it was this, yeah, but it was last year, unfortunately. Yeah, um, that, match was, that match was crazy too. <laughs> that match was insane. The table spot that you know the table didn't break. Um, the finishing spot where you know Anna J had barbed wire around her arm, she locked in the Queen Slayer. That was that was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, forgive us for going slightly off topic, but I mean, this is an AEW episode. It's an AEW episode, so we're not exactly going off topic, but um, let's move on to the next match on, on Dynamite. We had, um, no, well, not really the next match, the next part of the show. Uh, we had CM Punk and MJF oh, showing us why they're two of the best 
men on the mic in the business today. Um, on the mic. Yeah. Like MJF is great. CM Punk is great. And I said this before. Punk. Yeah, and I said this before. I almost don't want to see the rest. The the I almost said WrestleMania. <laughs> I, I like yeah, I that's almost. What MJF gave you. <laughs> yeah, that's what MJF gave us. He he made mention of uh of Roddy Piper and how Piper was the only like Piper was actually talented enough to main event the WrestleMania, and. And then he's like, maybe I'll jump if I don't get if I don't start getting the respect that the silver And Maybe I'll go headline. And maybe I'll main event the WrestleMania. And Punk came and back. Punk came back Punk with love. with the with the savage comeback of the year. He goes fine if you so think far, yeah. if you think that that if you think the other side is so much greener if you think that side is better. Why don't you go and main event night four of a buy one get one free extravaganza, and get released faster than you lost it in the sack? And then when you get back, I'll still be here. I'll still be here. Exactly. Ah, that that's the line of the year so far. This used to be the biggest. This used to be the biggest show in the world, or well, the biggest wrestling event on the on the calendar. I guess it still is, but it's losing that. It's losing. It, it's losing that 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 uh like from a from a hardcore wrestling perspective, it's losing a lot of value. Whereas if you're a casual wrestling fan, WrestleMania is still a pretty big deal. But the more hardcore you are, you know. The more stuff outside of the WWE you watch, you tend to realize that oh, WrestleMania. I'd say, I'd say the more you, the more wrestling knowledge you start to gain, you start to see, you, you start to learn. Yeah, you start to see that maybe WrestleMania isn't the best. Will not is not guaranteed to be the best show on the card. The the best show of the. Of yeah, the but it's still, we're not discrediting WrestleMania. It's still good. Yeah. It's still does what it needs to do. Like eight year olds will go crazy for that stuff. They, they will. They go crazy for that stuff. They really but will. Like, while you're twenty one, when you start hitting your twenties, you start to see some stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this segment was great. Like, what else can we say no about? No one's gonna top that line. No one's gonna top that line for the rest of Jan. No one is. No, <laughs> no one. No one is. Um, unless, unless it's one of them again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dynamite's every week, so you you never really know. Um, and then lastly, a uh, match that. Oh wait, wait! MJF is now zero one in twenty twenty two. Oh yes. <laughs> because. Oh. Oh. And you know. Punk, like, this is gonna continue every every match you come out here until you buy me. Yeah. So MJF was scheduled to go one on one with Sean Dean, right? Sean Dean, yeah. you know, ready, ready to fight. Punk rushes to the ring, looks at MJF, smacks at, like smacks Sean Dean, gives him a go to sleep. And I love MJF's reaction here because he starts off by by going, "Well, what do you do that for? What like, what are you doing? Like, what, what's going on here?" And then, and then, you know, the announcement comes that uh, Sean Dean's the winner. Therefore, MJF has lost. Like. He goes, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, what just happened? Are you freaking 
Like, are you kidding me? Like, as if he doesn't know, as if he didn't know that you're someone attacking your opponent in a normal singles match will result in you getting disqualified. It's like, the guy went from, okay, now, like, what is this? What's the point of this? To, what just happened? Cost me a match. That's yeah. all my record. You cost me a match. I, and MJF tweeted. MJF actually tweeted later. He said, the match against Sean Dean doesn't count. Therefore, I'm still undefeated. Uh, you can say whatever he wants to say. It's on the record. It's on the record. Like his next eight, his next AEW entrance is going to be AEW record zero and one. Like that's just how it is. It might be 0-2 unless he decides to face Punk. Punk uh, just carry on. Punk's just going to make sure that, that he loses and loses and loses. Uh, you know what's interesting? I noticed this just a couple of hours ago. MJF sees himself as the sort of the number one of the four pillars of AEW, right? Yet he's the only one that hasn't won a title. Like, up until Dynamite, he was the... Like, up until Dynamite, Jungle Boy wasn't a champion. But since then, like, Darby Allen's a former TNT champion. Sammy Guevara is the current interim TNT champion. Um, and, and, and Jungle Boy is a, tag is, a tag, is a tag team champion. And MJF... MJF hasn't won, the, hasn't won a, a, single, a title. I don't count that ring as a title. I don't I don't count that ring as a title because he doesn't defend it. Look, you cannot call yourself a champion. Yeah, it's not a championship because you simply you, you have to defend it for it to be a championship. So MJF in his eyes is gonna be like none I've won the ring back to back. None of the four pillars have and I that's because I see myself as the that's why he sees himself as the top of the four pillars. It doesn't really matter. He doesn't defend it. Like, he wins matches with it. Don't get me wrong. He wins matches with it. But, I mean, yeah, uh, that's not that's not where that's not where things should have. Like, I'm guessing one of these, like, one of these days he's going to be the world champion. And not, even, not until he faces Punk first. Yeah, I think maybe he'll beat Punk. He'll beat Punk and then go on to win the championship later down the line. Maybe even oh, this year. Am, am I crazy to think? Am I crazy to think that? Uh, I don't know if I'm reaching or anything, but imagine like CM Punk wins the AEW championship, right? And then they only face each other then. Oh. Just, I don't know. It's just, it's just the thought. Yeah, but yeah, I think. It's a bit too far for now because, like, Hangman's still in his early range, yeah. you know? And the, here's the thing, right? I don't want Hangman to lose the title to a babyface. Because Punk would be a babyface. If he and Hangman got yeah. into a, a title feud, they would both be babyfaces. And one of them would have to turn heel. I don't want any of these guys to go heel. Because if Punk yeah, wins, yeah, yeah, yeah. if Punk, let's just say, right, pers- like, Punk beats... Hangman becomes champion, right? Like, does he turn heel? What does he do? You know what I mean? So MJF, MJF being the next AEW world champion is the most plausible thing in the world. It's the most plausible and it's probably like the best 
idea moving forward because now you have a guy not only is this guy a massive heel he's the biggest heel in the industry he beats hangman this is going to send aw sort of rate this is going to be the thing that pushes aw over the moon like mjf as world champion in a reign of terror if i can use that phrase that would be that would be like horrifying for the rest of the roster just think this guy who calls himself better than everybody else now has the title that proves that he's better than everybody else like that that would be horrific it'll be entertaining don't get me wrong it'll be entertaining to see every baby face try to step try to step up and challenge him but like kayfabe wise it'll be horrible so yeah well i mean you like just picture that just picture that um let's move on to yeah now punk has to face wardlow um like could you imagine wardlow just power bombing punk over and over and over and over because that's what he's been doing recently he's just been power bombing all his opponents and sean spears is like yeah let's go just just go just keep going and yeah uh wardlow might wardlow might go on a might turn face yeah depending on like with the whole sean spears situation where it's like sean spears is the one taking credit for wardlow's victories and it's like i'm the one in the ring doing the doing my thing you're just standing on the outside with the chair in your hand like what are you doing we we might see a little bit of a rift between those two um i think it's starting to show i don't know it is it is um we'll just have to no i don't see i don't see wardlow power bombing punk four times no no i don't i think i think punk will beat wardlow right or or we might have a dq finish like because of sean spears or because of mjf like let's be honest um, a DQ finish sounds like the most plausible because like Punk cost MJF his undefeated record. And so why shouldn't, why shouldn't, uh, what, why shouldn't do the same? MJF do the same? But then again, what would MJF find more satisfying having Wardlow beat Punk or beating Punk himself? I think it's the first one, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm just thinking of the type of guy MJF is. Like he, he's not going to get his own hands dirty. No, he won't. Um, <laughs> this is basically MJF picking uh, picking the bones. Picking the bones after Wardlow has taken Punk to his limit. Uh, and then, you know, MJF just being, just being a prick. Just being who he always has been. And just picking the bones and beating Punk and... and yeah, I think that's what we're gonna see. Let's move on to the last match of this Dynamite show for the inaugural well, TBS. Yeah, it main event of the show because I mean, for obvious reasons, uh, Jade Cargill versus Ruby Soho for the inaugural TBS championship. Um, no, but we might as well be fortune tellers because we, we did call this final. We did say these two would be in this final. Yeah, you and I, I like you and I did say these two women would be in the final. So if anyone if anyone listened to that episode and heard us make 
that prediction. You're welcome. Uh, I did, however, we did we did also say that Ruby Soho would win. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we did just say, we did also say Ruby Soho would win. It would be a great story for her to be fired from WWE, to sort of, you know, be a wrestling nomad and to find a home in AEW and to, to make a mark and to be champion, to finally be champion. But it wasn't to be... Six foot plus girl. How how tall is Jade Cargill? Like I know she's over oh, six yeah. foot, but like, how tall is but this woman? I really don't know. All I did that she was six foot, which I was shocked. I was like, what? She's probably the tallest female wrestler there. Okay, she's one point seven eight. Oh, so she's at, like I've just googled her. She according to Wikipedia, like, can you really trust Ricky? Can you really trust like Google? She's 1.78 meters tall. So she's about six foot, around about five foot, five foot 10, five foot 11. She's run about there. Cause I'm, cause like I'm six foot and I'm at one eight, I'm at 180, I'm at 182. I'm just like on six foot. Yeah. So uh, she's. You was like, they don't like you. I just ain't that we like no I think Wikipedia is, I, I don't know, to be honest, but yeah, she is quite tall. Uh, she's maybe the tallest woman in the, in the entire, on the entire roster. Uh, I think Chris Statlander might have a shot. Let's, let's, let's just check how tall she is. Uh, I think she might be taller. Again, no, we are, she looks taller. We are leaving our. She's around the same height. It says here she's five foot nine, which is around the same height. Maybe There's not. No Does she look five foot nine to you? Okay, it says one. It says one point seven five meters. But again, this is from pro wrestling fandom. This is from pro wrestling fandom dot com. Let's not let's not trust them either. Like if you can't trust Wikipedia, who can we trust, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, we just need to ask them personally. Like, yo, how tall are you? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, but, but yeah, she's the first. Definitely one of the strongest women in AW, and now the first to hold that title. Yeah, first ever TBS champion. You know what I found? What I find interesting about new titles being introduced, like what? When you become the first person to hold a specific championship for example you know finn balor being the first ever universal champion or you know chris jericho being the first ever AEW world champion or you know or maybe okoda ibushi being the first iwgp heavy world heavyweight champion you can have someone who like it doesn't matter how many people will hold that championship after you the fact that you are the first it means that lineage starts with you. You are the beginning, right? Yeah, that's something to take massive pride in. That's a that, like in the wrestling business. That instantly, like, no. it puts your name on so many different levels above where it would have been if you just held the title, like maybe. You, you are now 
associated with the title and now associated with the company. Yeah, you are not only part of championship history, you are part of company history. Like, even if the title gets defunct or if it gets, like, if they take the title away, that's history that no, no one can can go into can go back in time and unmake you the first ever you know what i mean yeah that's just something i thought was incredible to to even think about like no one can make you can unmake you the first ever no one can take that away from you essentially that's that's an incredible uh way of looking at it she deserves it though she does i mean she looks like a star she talks like a star. She acts like a star. Um, and AW treat her like a star. That's like now, is, if I'm not mistaken, that's 23 unbeaten now. Yes. Yes. 23 unbeaten. She's on a roll. Um, and I'm assuming she's going to have a, a lengthy title reign. She's going to have quite a long title reign. But she does have some worthy challenges ahead of her. She... You know, she's got, you know, Hikaru Shida's might might get a crack. Serena Deep might get a shot. Chris Statlander, who yeah. we just mentioned they're a couple busy. of minutes those ago. Two, those, those two names that you just mentioned, they still like, they are still busy with their own stuff. So they're they going at it. The they're going they at it. And Serena Deep, uh, who we're going to get to in a little oh, bit. She had a, she had a little sit down. She had a little sit down with, with the legendary JR, Jim Ross. And she was not like I did not like I did not watch the entire thing, but uh, you could tell that she was pissed. She does not like Hikaru Shida. She is not. She's not messing around. She wants to break Hikaru Shida. These two women do not like each other, and so I thought the feud was done. If I was honest, I thought the feud was done after that match. But it turns out we're gonna have a. It looks like we're gonna have another another few matches between this, these ladies. Maybe one more match. To finally settle things, and then either yeah. then both women can can move on. But uh, yeah, I mean. Wait, before we move on, is it still recording? Yeah, we we're good to go. We're still good to go. Don't worry. Okay. The, uh, what do you think of the finish of the match between Jay Cargill and Ruby? So I I thought it was was the top rope finish. So. I saw this top rope finish, right? Because none. Of, so no, it was actually the middle rope. Um, so <laughs> Jade Cargill, uh, she has she she's got like she's got her she's got Ruby Soho chicken wing on the on the on the middle rope, and it looked as if she was going onto the top rope, and then all of a sudden she just she wanted to go to the top rope, and then all of a sudden she put her foot back down back on the middle rope, and then hit the finish. And I actually saw, I actually saw that Ruby Soho did not want to go to the top rope. So the, I'll, I'll link the video. I'll link you the video on YouTube. Really? She's and, and it looked as if Jade asked her, should I, should we, should we do the top rope? And Ruby was like, nah, 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 just stay on the middle rope. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the video after this episode. Because. It, I look because I saw it. I was like, ah, Ruby Soho did not want to go to the top rope. She, she, she realized that now nah, this is this is probably just fine. And then it's a massive bump. Yeah, it's it's quite a massive bump to take. And so yeah, like keep yourself safe, keep your opponent safe. That's that's pretty pretty smart from Ruby Soho. 
Um, it was still good, though. Yeah, still very good. It was a decent match. Um, obvious, obvious David versus Goliath dynamic in this match, but still. I like the jacket, though. Oh yeah, that that jacket's pretty cool. She said some stuff on that jacket. Yeah, she she's got a couple of things on on, on that jacket. Um, but yeah, that was dynamite. That was the end of dynamite. She also got attacked backstage. Yes. Which leads into rampage. It does. It leads into rampage, and she like I guess like you never know what what happens. I, I, I really don't want to know, like, where does this go now, right? In terms of with Ruby, with Ruby where does she go now, right? She can find another, she can still find another people. I guess. But uh, let's, let's just, let's just end it. Let's just end it there for Dynamite. Um, I think we've covered everything that happened on Wednesday. Let's move on to AEW Rampage on Friday. And man, let's let, let's just start off with, with Rampage. We have Adam Cole versus Jake Atlas. No, and I saw Jake Atlas was in AEW. It's a bit taken back. Yeah, because... I the, don't know about you. Yeah, the thing with Jake Atlas is he took a break because he got released from NXT, I believe, and then decided that he was going to take a mental health break, which you should. Like, if there's anyone out there that feels like, you know, you need this. Things are getting on top of you. Things are getting on top of you. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you need to to take time off to, to, you know, get yourself together and... So that like that was that was a a smart decision from him. He then gets signed with AEW, performs a couple of matches, and gets injured. Gets a man. Did he get injured? Yeah, he got injured during the match. So if you look at if if you if you watch the finish of this match, you will notice that Adam Cole was going for the Panama Sunrise. So so uh Oh wait, you mean get injured in this match? Yeah, he gets injured in this match with Adam Cole. So, um, basically, they're exchanging in the middle of the ring, and Jake Atlas tweaks his knee, right? Lands horribly, tweaks his knee, and Adam Cole, you know, being the veteran, being the smart competitor that he is, as he's going for this Panama Sunrise, he completes the first half. He's going for the Panama Sunrise, and he realizes, oh. He lands on him, he jumps on him like this guy's not moving. Yeah, he's not moving. What's going on? And then locks and then you know locks him in a in a in a submission like I think it's a heel hook or something, maybe a heel hook. And then, like he's he's literally screaming at Jake Atlas. He's saying tap tap as in not as in you know how you would make how how you would implore someone to tap like tap tap so that I can beat you. No, he's saying tap so we can finish this match and get you medical attention. That's what he's saying. Just tap. Let's finish this. It's done. I did think the match looked off the way it finished. It yeah. It finished a bit funny. It, it did finish a little bit funny. But yeah, it's like... I was going to win regardless, but it's just the way that it ended. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing I, I, I don't understand. If pro wrestling is supposed to, you know, be like a real sport, right? 
why is it that because like in a real sport like if you're playing soccer or rugby or even or even tennis or or right if someone gets injured during the game they stop the game right they just stop the game they get that person medical attention and then they move on like if you if you're watching if you watch soccer a guy gets injured on the field he gets medical attention or he gets taken off the field right why does it why is it that in pro wrestling they have to have the finish why what like why does and why does AEW insist on having the finish like i know you want to stick by booking decisions and things like that but you could have just said adam you could have just had adam cole win due to the fact that jake atlas can't compete anymore right but no, but it's it's less entertaining, yeah. right? It's less entertaining. That's not what fans came to see, right? Mm-hmm. But it makes logical sense. Why force the I finish? Think it, I think it just depends on the type of injury. Maybe. But it's just weird to, to just go, oh, well, uh, you're injured, so we're just going to finish the game. We're just going to keep going and, yeah, we'll cut the game short. We'll cut the match short, but we're still going to have a finish. And it's like, well, no. Have to applaud them that it is a quick finish, you it's know. It's a quick finish. It's a quick finish. Um, but it was a, it was they, a good finish. They know finish. that they see you injured. They, they do their best to get out of there as quick as they can without, like, uh, doing, like, massive stuff in the ring. Like yeah. Just simple finishes. You simple, know? simple stuff. Get out of there very quickly. Get the man some medical attention. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how bad the injury is, but uh, I'll I'll try and find out later today. But yeah, this was a very you know they they never they never faced each other while they were in NXT. It's a, I couldn't believe. Oh yeah, I remember Jake Atlas faced Tommaso Ciampa in NXT. He didn't face Adam Cole. He faced Tamaso Champa uh, in NXT a, a, a couple of times. Um, and they've seen each other for sure, but they haven't been set the ring. Yeah. So, first time match there. Unfortunate for Jake Atlas. Like we wish him a speedy recovery as well. Uh, I don't like. Like I said, I don't exactly know how severe the injury is. We wish him the best in his rehab and a, and a speedy recovery, man. Like. It, Wrestling injuries are some of the scariest things to experience uh, as a fan. And I'm, and I'm saying this and I'm, yeah, injuries, but like in wrestling, cause like, and I'm saying this as a fan. So like, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough, tough luck for him. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how else to move on to hook. So I'm just going to say that I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to move on to hook versus Aaron solo. Man, Hook is so over, bro. Hook is... Hook is just... He's like the most over superstar in the brand at the moment. Yeah. Hook is, is just on a different... <laughs> like, his presentation... The, his presentation is... is meant, He's meant to... He's, he portrays someone who doesn't care about the spot. He doesn't care. He just wants to get in the ring and beat you up and win. He doesn't care about the fact that he's got the number one selling t-shirt in all of AEW. He doesn't care about the fact that he's getting crowd reactions that half of the roster wish they could get. He he just wants to get in the ring, do his thing, get out of the ring. Like, no way, bro. He dominated 
dominates matches like a heavyweight, bro. Yeah. He like 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 a Brock Lesnar would. Yeah, I mean, I, and you know what? You know what I like about him? It's this sort of it's it's this sort of nonchalance. It's it's not like Orange Cassidy where. Because Orange Cassidy's nonchalance, it's meant to be funny and goofy. You know, like, Orange Cassidy doesn't care. He's going to walk to the ring as slow as he can. He's going to just do this match because whatever. Whereas Hook, Hook looks like he doesn't care what he's doing. But it, it, it well, with Hook, it's sort of like, I'm, I'm too good for this crap. You know what I mean? Like, why the hell are you, like, like why the hell am I... With hook, it's like you're not worth my exactly. Like you're not worth my time. Why am I in this ring with you? I'm just gonna beat you up and pin you or or make you tap, and then I'm gonna leave and go do whatever the hell I want. That's what it. That's that's the presentation for hook. Like it's just so. That was just his third match. Actually, third pro pro wrestling match. Yeah, I mean. He looks very good. He's awesome. Oh, the submission. The, no, the, the submission. I, the cross faces. The suplexes. Um, and what I like about this is they're not making him invincible. Hook is not invincible. He is getting beaten. Like, he does get, you know, his opponents do get some offense in. He does take a beating through. He does take a little bit of a beating. But they're keeping him strong without making him run through all of his opponents, which is essentially, like, he is going to beat everyone he faces, like, hopefully, but he's not beating them. He's not squashing them. That's that's the I was actually looking for. He's not squashing his opponents. You know what I mean? He's not squashing. He's not squashing his opponents. That's, that's the thing I like about Hook's presentation is he's beating all these guys, right? He's not squashing them. But he's also not struggling with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's how things go. I like the fact that I like the fact that they've presented him this way, and he he's gonna be a future star. Like, there's no doubt about it. Hook is gonna be a star in AEW for years and years to come. I I can't wait to see this man uh, become a star in, in the business. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Let's move on to another match on the Rampage show. Um, the second last match of the show. We have the tag team preview to the AEW Women's Championship match at Battle of the Belts. We have Ruby Soho and Riho versus the AEW World, Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter. Um yeah, I mean, the ending of the match, I mean, this match wasn't, it was the standard women's tag team match, right? But the ending, mm -hmm. the ending of this match. I felt like it was a bit of payback to what Hayda did. What, of what, to what uh, DMD did to Hayda in her match. For, in the TBS, the, yeah, in, in the TBS Championship Tournament. Yeah. Because, um, Britt Baker did cost uh, Jamie Hayter that match, but like it wasn't intentional, right? It's it wasn't intentional. Um, you know, Hayter went for Hayter went for the punch. She swung her arm. Riho was it Rio or, or, or Soho that ducked? Uh, 
one of the one of the two ladies Rio ducked and Jamie Hader just clocks the woman's champion in the face and it's like oh my goodness I'm so sorry you know the typical oh so sorry didn't mean to do that and then you know uh Soho uh, was Rio got the pin was it Rio who got the pin I think it was and yeah she pin she pins she gets the pin she gets the win for her team. Well, the thing in this match is that she did not pin Britt Baker. No, she pinned Jamie Hayter. Um, but then, you know... The, there is a rift between Hayter and the Doctor. I don't know if you've seen it. If there is a rift, and it's gonna... it's gonna. I think we're gonna see a massive title feud. We're gonna see Jamie Hayter get sick of... Of, of being in the shadow. She's tired of being in the shadow. She's tired of being one of the entourage girls. She's going to challenge Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World Championship. And she's the one that's going to beat Britt Baker. Like, I'm calling it now. I think so. <laughs> she's the one that's going to end the reign. She's the one that's going to beat the doctor. Because who, like, if you're spending so much time with her, doesn't that give you more of an advantage if you're going to face her? Like, I yeah, think... Sure. I think we're going to have a situation where the DMD, where, where Jamie Hayter has the DMD's number and she's going to capitalize on it. Uh, I can't wait for that feud when it does happen because you can tell it's going to happen. It is. It is going to happen. Bits and pieces. Yeah, we're going to see, we're going to see a massive feud between these two somewhere in 2022. Like that's, that has to happen. Um, the, the, the side, not the signs, but like the, you know, yeah. Let's just call it, the signs are there. Yeah, the sign, the the crack between those the the, the friend the, the crack in the friendship is starting to appear. The signs are being put there, and then let's move on to our rampage main event. We have Eddie Kingston and Pride and Powerful versus Daniel Garcia and Team Two Point Two Point Yeah. <laughs> This was a this was a really good match. This was a really great match. Daniel Garcia is technically gifted. Team 2.0 are decent. Santana and Ortiz are a great tag team. Eddie Kingston's always great. I like how the match started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you expect anything different? I don't think so. I expected to get in the ring at least. <laughs> like, did you expect anything less? This is a street. I think it was a street fight, right? I think this was a street fight. Yeah. So I mean, and these and and, the, and these two t- and these two teams hate each other. So why not? Why not have them just brawl all over the re- the arena? Uh, and yeah, it was a pretty decent match. I think we're gonna see a singles feat between Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston. I think that's gonna be very nice to see. And yeah, I mean, what what like what else is there to say about this match? Pretty great match. Um, they didn't do anything that I wouldn't have expected from them, but um, you can definitely see that this is far from over. No, they still they still want to kick each other's asses. Yeah, there's a there's a desperate need to to just fight, uh, and that's exactly what we're gonna see moving forward. 
No, definitely how the, the way the match ended. Oh, Chris Jericho came at the end of the match. Yes, Jericho came out for the save. The man took off his... He was sitting in commentary, right? He took off his headset, yeah. ran to the ring, and, you know, got rid of got rid of Garcia and 2.0. And we might even see a, a, an alliance forming between Eddie Kingston, Pride and Powerful. Because, like, Pride and Powerful are all part of the inner circle. So... Jericho can just say, I wasn't there for you, Kingston. I was there for my boys. So Yeah, he did say that. And and like and and Kingston's like, I don't need your help. You know what I mean? And so that might be like that might be a little bit of a a sort of they might face each other. I don't know. Yeah. You know what was interesting about this match? Um, back in 2016 or 20, 2015 or 2016, I, I don't quite remember. It could have been even earlier than that. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz were part of LAX on, uh, in Impact Wrestling. So this was a, like a, like a nice little reunion. Mm, that was. So, cause you like. Can, you can see the ring. Yeah. You can see the chemistry. Halfway through this match, I'm thinking, I've seen these three guys tag before. Was it on AEW? No, it was on Impact Wrestling years ago. So I mean, <laughs> that just and that's that's really where I first uh, that's really where I first laid my eyes on Eddie Kingston. I thought this dude is real. This dude, this dude is real, and yeah, really great match. And like, what what else is there to say? How long was it? I can't. I don't quite remember. Maybe maybe between ten and fifteen minutes. That's that's how long these TV matches go. But and now it is time to look at the last AEW offering of this past week. This hectic, crazy, jam-packed week. We have AEW's Battle of the Belts, the first ever Battle of the Belts event. Um, pay per view. If it was it a pay, I don't think was it a pay per view. I think I don't think it's a pay per view. So because it was it wasn't sold as a pay per view. It wasn't sold as a pay per view. It was, it was a, a premium live event. If I can, <laughs> if I can use that it phrase, ever, yeah. It was something new for TV because they're on TBC right now. They're on TBC. TBS, yes, TBS. TBS. Yeah. Sorry. So, more. yeah, so that's the that exploring options. Yeah, so let's just talk about these matches. We've got three of them to go through. We have the interim TNT championship match. And so we now have Dustin Rhodes stepping in his brother's place to face Sammy Guevara for the interim TNT championship. This match was actually pretty good. We saw a couple of massive spots. Um Sammy Guevara did what oh, he know, does. Um, he, you know how old Dustin Rose is? Fifth, like late 50s. Has to be late 50s. He's 52. Okay. I'm assuming him, Billy Gunn, and Dustin Rhodes. Him, Billy Gunn, and Sting are like the oldest active members of the roster. Wrestlers. Yeah, the oldest yeah. acting performers on the roster. Um, I, I'm not sure how old Billy Gunn is, but I think he's he's just younger than Sting. Yeah. Um, 
really great match between these two. You know, Dustin put the kid over. Very good showing from him. The you see the spot on the on 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 the apron with the table outside. Yeah. I mean, if anyone was gonna Canadian destroyer through the table. If anyone is gonna pull off a Canadian destroyer through a table, I would not expect it to be Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, that was like massive. Exactly. I was not expecting that. I was like, what on earth did I just see? What's going on? Like, what? It did. It honestly, I'm like, what is just, that's just crazy. Um, Really decent match. This match went 16 minutes and 15 seconds as per Wikipedia. And... It was a really good match, and going yeah, forward, nice. we're going to see the unification, the title unification match between Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes. Um, I've never, ever seen the use of the word interim or the, the, the context of the word interim applied in pro wrestling. Because if you, like, you and I watch the UFC, we watch a lot of MMA, we understand that, you know, you get interim champions and you get... Um, Undisputed champions. So, like, the interim championship. It, I, I just never heard that in professional wrestling. Yeah, like, what the hell is that? Like, I've, like, I, I like from an MMA point of view, if, like, if you mention interim championship to an MMA fan, they'll, like, they're not going to, that gets nothing to them. They understand what that means. It's nothing new to them. But in pro wrestling, to have an interim champion and an undisputed champion, that's a, that's a, that's a first. It's a quite unique uh, unique for pro wrestling, not so much for the rest of the combat sports world. But I think they still want they still want Cody to have the belt. You know that's what I'm thinking. That's why they created this interim. Yeah, because they could have just they could have just had Cody drop. Uh, like, uh, I guess it wouldn't be it wouldn't really be a like it's just COVID. It, okay, I don't wanna I don't wanna. Um, the last thing I want to do is to downplay COVID nineteen. Right. I was about to say it's just COVID-19, but I do not want to downplay COVID-19. So I'm going to say this. It wouldn't have been wise for Cody to drop the TNT title or to just, you know, relinquish the TNT title. If he can go home, isolate, come back, having recovered. That's what I'm going to say instead. Then they didn't need to have this intro match then at all. Because, like, isolation is just a week, I believe. Isolation is maybe a week, two weeks max. Um, if you do it properly. If you do it properly, yeah, yeah. Then, then it shouldn't be more than two weeks. But um, kudos to him, man. Kudos for hit, to him for, for isolating, making sure that he keeps everyone else safe. Um yeah, that's that. Dustin as well for putting up a good match. Yeah, putting on a good match at 52 years old, like that's just that's brilliant to see. Sammy Guevara wins, and I'm assuming he's gonna face. Yeah, not not assuming. Like they did, they did say there's gonna be a title unification match between him and Cody Rhodes somewhere down the line. I'm assuming. Who, who attacked him after the match? Uh, it was was it Ricky Starks? No, it wasn't Ricky Starks. Hold on. It was Daniel Garcia. Garcia yeah. It was Garcia. It was Garcia, yeah. Yeah. He's... They're going to have a match. 
they did announce it. Oh yeah, they they did announce the match between. Them. I think it's for Dynamite next uh, this week, if I'm not mistaken. I so think it is. yeah, so a really good match between those guys. I'm expecting those two to to just go at it and just try to beat the crap out of each other. Really good match. And let's move on to the next match on the show. Ricky Starks defending the FTW Championship uh, against Matt Seidel. And this match disappointed me. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was was a little bit disappointed because, first things first, Matt Seidel is so great. Like, he's not – like, I've mentioned this before and how Matt Seidel is is maybe – the most underrated high flyer of all time. You know what I mean? He's the first true. He's the first true high flyer that I ever saw. Like I, I know there's guys like Mysterio, and I know there's Mysterio and Juventud and all these guys, but like he was the first high flyer that I saw and went, "Whoa, this guy is cool." And yeah, ever since, w. yeah, and ever since all these guys like Ricochet and Osprey and, and Bandito and every single high fly that came after him, they've taken the spotlight and it's like he's sort of been left behind. Like, I would not have... So so the result of this match, this match went nine minutes. Ricky Starks won. But I like I really would have wanted to see uh, Seidel win a championship. Like, that would have been great to see. But... Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, I don't. I don't have much else to say about this match. I mean, it was a, It was an okay match. It was a standard. It was a standard mid card championship match. Like I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I've never heard of that belt before, and apparently, it has a lot of history. Yeah. So Taz used to. Taz was the FTW champion back in the day, and. This championship, what this championship represents is, um, so do you know, okay, let me just ask, do you know what FTW stands for? It's, you know, you can't say it on this podcast. You can't say it on this podcast. I'll text you. I'll text you the, I'll text you the, the, (laughs) we can't say it on this podcast, but, uh, you can, you can figure out what FTW stands for. It's meant to be, it was meant to be an outlaw title. It was meant to be a title. Like it was for those fan for those ECW fans that didn't care, right? It didn't care. They didn't care about um, the sort of the, the 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 rules and the the laws and the sort of established uh, norms of professional wrestling. This was a title for people who just wanted to see wrestling, who just want like those ECW. You remember ECW back? Like you know ECW back in the day, where. The fans just did what they wanted. The wrestlers just did what they wanted. There was a real hardcore, um, there's a real hardcore edgy vibe to ECW. That's exactly what this belt is supposed to represent. Because Taz, Taz was the guy that introduced the title, if I'm if I'm correct, and he was the guy that held it. And now he, like, he's continuing the lineage. And Ricky Starks. Is, is continuing that that lineage as well, um, so yeah, that's 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 all I have to say about this match. Pretty decent match. Uh, Ricky Stocks is still your FTW champion. 
we move on to the main event of this uh, of the show, the AEW Women's World Championship match between Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Riho. And there were there were a few times through during this match where I actually bought some of some of what I actually bought a few false finishes. I I I was like, could Rio actually win this? And then when she didn't, I was like, nah, they could not have had her win this match. Um, what did you think of this match, just in general? It was okay. Yeah, it was it was a decent match. Um what 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 else can we say about about Dr. Britt Baker DMD? Uh, she's on the run of a lifetime. The first time she beat her, so. Yeah, it was also the first time she she beat Riho. One of the things I will I will make note of is they just so when Riho is someone who like she's not exactly down the card in the women's division. She's pretty. She's always been in that upper mid card area, or even in the main event. I mean, she was the first ever women's champion. And one of the things that I'm always sold or AEW always tries to sell us on, like, is that Riho is difficult to beat because she's small and because she's flexible. Like, she's very difficult to get a hold of. You might walk into a match with a massive power and size advantage, but you'll never really beat her. Like, it's difficult to, to ever really beat her. Um, that's that's what I... and. And the commentators kept kept talking about how flexible she is, how quick she is, how elusive and evasive she can be. Uh, that's that's sort of the strength. That's what we're being told makes Rio such a very difficult opponent for anyone. Yeah, uh, she's also quite strong. Yeah, I saw the the suplex. Uh, I like I see the suplexes, yeah. and whenever I watch her, especially when she hits those suplexes. I'm like, I, I I get scared for her. I'm like, please, don't hurt yourself, Riho. Do not hurt yourself. She's twenty. She's twenty three, and I'll I'll just make sure quickly. Um, I remember she's she's twenty four. She's twenty four, and apparently she debuted in Japan, right? She debuted. She she had a first match in Japan in two thousand and six at the age of nine. No, you're lying. You're lying. I'm not. I'm literally. I'm. I'm literally on Google right now. It says here, and I quote: "She was trained by Emi Sakura and debuted for her Ice Ribbon promotion in May two thousand and six at the age of nine." You know what we were doing at the age of nine. <laughs> you know what I was doing at the age of nine. I wasn't making a rest. I was rest. I was making a wrestling debut. Like what? I was watching wrestling. Oh, Dude. That, that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. I, that. I mean, that's just crazy. So to you even. basically told your parents like, I know what I'm doing. From I know what I'm very, doing. Very early on. Yeah. Like we mentioned, like we always talk about people who start young. So, like, one of the key examples that I always go back to, Okada, right? Kazuchika Okada, the current IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He started, so basically, he went to high school, he went to middle school, he went to primary school, he went to middle school, and then he skipped high school to start wrestling, to start his uh, wrestling career. Like, he literally, he, he literally 
like he wanted to skip high school and then they told him now nah, you have to at least go to high school and so he went to high school skipped uh i think he did like grade nine and ten and then just and then just dropped out of high school and started training to be a wrestler 15 years old he went to he went to to mexico when he was 15 and started training to be a wrestler Jeez. yeah Taking, taking, like betting your entire life on this. That's the that's definition of betting on yourself, man. Yeah, that's betting on yourself. Uh, like that's the that's the best way I can describe betting on yourself. Um, but again, um, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, she's still the woman's champion. Uh, she's now she's now. There were many segments in the match, though, between Hader and her. Yeah. Again. Yeah, the cracks in the friendship, which is why, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hater versus Hater challenge for the championship and then beat her. Like, I'm sure Jamie Hater didn't travel all the way from England to end up in AW and be a sidekick, because that's essentially what she's been since she's arrived. Um, that's not what she's but there for. She's strong as well. She's big. She's strong. She's thro- She's strong. She's talented. Um. I could see her as the next AEW Women's Champion. Definitely. Definitely. I enjoyed the match from these two women. Yeah, it was was standard. Again, standard AEW Women's Championship match. Very good match, by the way. Very, very good match. Um, 12 minutes and 47 seconds long. Um, Again, according to Wikipedia, who we can't always trust. But very good match. And... Yeah, I mean that's that's all that that's all we have to, to to say about this match, and that's pretty much it for this AEW roundup. This was crazy. Like we we had to do this episode because so much happened. So much had happened. Shows AEW. So much happened in AEW this week, and. We're hoping for more. We're hoping for more. We're not complaining, by the way. We're not complaining. Give us more pro wrestling. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be the end of this very long episode on the SA Dropkicks Wrestling Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we appreciate every single one of you that stuck around and listened till the end. If you like what you hear, then make sure you look out for future episodes, especially in the year 2022. Uh, If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can do so on Instagram at Dropkicks Wrestling Podcast or on Twitter at Dropkicks underscore SA. As always, let us know what you thought about these shows for the week. DM us on Instagram, tweet at us, and let's have a conversation. Till next time, stay safe and God bless.